Hello and welcome to the Parenting with Play podcast. I'm so pleased you're here. This week, we're going to talk about one of the things that we're often told that we need to be as parents. And that is, we're often told that we need to be consistent. Because if we're consistent in our responses to our children's behaviour, then our children are going to learn what's appropriate and what's not appropriate and their behaviour is going to improve. So I really want to unpack that a bit more and talk about whether being consistent is the ultimate goal for us as parents and how helpful it actually is. And if we're not going to be consistent, what's going to work instead? I'm Helena Mooney. And if you're wanting practical, respectful and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Now, I'm sure you've been told this many times as a parent that being consistent is a really important part of parenting and discipline because our children need to learn what's appropriate and what's not appropriate behavior and that they're going to do this best by us providing guidance and being consistent in our responses to them. So for example, if you're out and about at the shopping center and your child is asking for an ice cream, you consistently say no so that they learn that when they go shopping with you, they're not always going to get an ice cream. Sounds good in theory, doesn't it? It sounds like, well, if I'm just like when you're training a dog, we've got a two-year-old dog, so I've had to go through the training of it. And with dogs, we do need to be consistent because our approach to them is based on behaviorism, that they need to learn that such behavior is either going to elicit a positive response or a negative response from me, and then they amend their behavior according to that. But we're not training dogs here as parents, are we? Sometimes it feels like it'd be much easier if we could just say sit and command things and that our children would comply automatically without needing to think about things. But we're raising human beings. We're raising children who are one day going to leave us and go out into the big wide world and that they need to be able to make decisions and think well for themselves and think critically. So we want our children to be able to think and not just to respond automatically to our be- to our requests or our commands, which Now, on one level, it would be great, wouldn't it, to have our children just automatically do whatever we say. It would make life so much easier. But that, but we need to tap into what's our ultimate goal for our children. And if it is compliance, then sure, keep doing this consistent approach and so that your children automatically learn that response. But if you want your children to have a sense of autonomy, to have a sense of thinking and being able to to think for themselves and read situations and to have an understanding of how the world works a bit better, then let's try and debunk the whole consistency approach a bit more. Consistency really has come from like the behaviorist parenting approach. And behaviorism is where we learn that children learn by our responses. And so if we want our children to behave a certain way, we need to respond to them in a certain way and give them very clear guidelines. And therefore, they will then follow those guidelines or they will adhere, they will respond to our responses and then they will learn what's right, what's wrong, what's a good thing to do, what's a bad thing to do. The problem with behaviorism is that it doesn't take into account emotions and emotions drive behavior. 
Emotions drive your behavior when you go off at your children or you move in warmly with your children. It depends on how you feel. And our children behave depending on how they feel. If your child is feeling fantastic and loving and warm and connected to you and not feeling any stress and is just in a really good state of mind, they are far more likely to be cooperative. They're less likely to be mean to their sibling. If your child is stressed or feeling disconnected from you or has got something bubbling up underneath and is feeling annoyed or resentful, then they're not going to be cooperative. They're going to stand firm and go, no, I'm not going to do that. And they're far more likely to be mean and lash out at their siblings or at you. Kids' behaviours, all of our behaviours are determined by our emotions. So if we are just consistent in our response to a behavior that they have, we're not taking into account why our children are behaving in that way in the first place. It becomes irrelevant. We're not interested then in why they're doing anything. We're just interested in being consistent in our response to say that they're um, lashing out their sister. Say they're lashing out at their sister and we're just consistently going, no, that's wrong. Don't do that. And we're in would then apply probably an increasingly harsh punishment so that they learn from a behavior point of view that that behavior is not acceptable. But if we then start to understand that there's a reason why they're they're lashing out at their sister, we try to see, well, why are they lashing out their sister? We try to think, well, perhaps they've been, they've just started at school we're in January or February when you're listening to this in in Australia and so school time has started. So there's probably external stresses that's causing the child to react in ways that are unpleasant because they've got this build-up of feelings inside of them. Or it could be that something upsetting has happened to them whilst they're away from you or they're feeling resentment towards their sister because of something's happened in the past. Whatever's going on is leading them to behave in that way. So you then just moving in and just imposing an arbitrary response, really, or a harsh response in the goal of being consistent to stop that behavior doesn't get to the heart of why they're doing that behavior in the first place. And we're human beings and our behaviors and our emotions change, don't they? So it could be that one day your son is hitting out at their sister because they're annoyed at their sister because their sister's done something to them that precipitated that response. Or on another day, it could be that your son is lashing out at their sister because they've got a they something's happened to them while they were at daycare or at school. That's then they're the bottom of the pecking order. They're carrying this stress. They lash out at the person closest to them and they take it out on their sister. Or it could be on another day that they lash out their sister because you have shouted at them and then they're taking out their sister. You can see that there's many reasons why your child might then lash out at their sister. So by bringing a consistent response, as I said, take, doesn't take that any of those factors into account. And it, so therefore it doesn't get to the heart of it. Your child just learns then, okay, when I lash out my sister, my parents do this. And when our children are thinking well, they can go, okay, well, I'm not going to lash out at my sister because mum is going to do this to me. But your children don't lash out at siblings or they don't do all of these things when they're thinking well. They do those things when they're not thinking well. So by being consistent and applying that sort of behaviorist approach, 
it's treating our children that they're thinking well most of the time and that they're choosing to do challenging behavior. And you might find yourself going, well, if you do that one more time, then there's no more iPad for the rest of the week or whatever, because we're telling them that they're choosing to do that behavior. But if you go back to an earlier episode where I talk about the brain and how when our children are behaving in these difficult ways, it's because their rational, logical part of their brain is not thinking well, which is what and their impulse control has gone out the window. It's not working. So that's why they're much more likely to lash out or to just be mean or to be really difficult and uncooperative. So by moving in with connection, a desire to connect with our children rather than a sort of standoffish, consistent approach, that's what's going to change things. And I've talked endlessly about how to move in with connection to move in either with play to move either move in with a loving limit to listen to tears whatever it is but the desire is to move in to connect to help your child with their emotions that's driving that behavior because that is what's going to affect the ultimate change if you go with a consistent approach then whatever your child does you have the same response there's not that connection there. There's not that two-way interaction that's meaningful because your child is doing something, is overwhelmed, you know, being annoying, but something's causing them to be annoying. They're not coping well. And you're just having this flat response. There's not connection there. And when there's not connection there, then their behavior is probably going to get worse or they're certainly going to feel worse because what they're craving in those moments, even though it may not seem like it, is connection with you. They need your connection to help them with those feelings that's driving them that, to that behavior. So by being and fo- well, by focusing on consistent response from you, you're not giving them that sense of connection because you're just shutting it down going, you know, and you can perhaps hear yourself going, I don't care why you're hitting your sister. You don't hit your sister. That's unacceptable. And therefore you now need to experience X, Y, Z as a result of that. There's no connection there. There's no warmth there. And I know that when our children are behaving hard, it's very hard sometimes to feel warm and warmth. But if we focus on the consistency then that sort of shuts down the opportunity for the warmth and the connection to come through because we're focusing on being consistent, thinking that that is what's going to prevent further lashings out or whatever that behavior is because we're thinking that our children need to learn to not be bad rather than understanding that it's emotions and things that are going on for our children that is causing them to behave in that way. They're not choosing, they're not rationally choosing to lash out or to be whatever that behavior is. I can only think of lashing out at the moment. Um, They're not actually choosing, even though sometimes it might appear that they are. And that's why sometimes it can be really challenging, can't it? When your child, you're saying, please don't, you know, don't do that. And they look you in the face and they still do it. It appears that they're making a rational decision to do that. But there's always a really good reason why they're not. And it's important to appreciate that our children have good reasons for their behaviors. Now, you may not know why. So the earlier example I gave of there were different reasons why a boy might be lashing out at their sister, depending on the different days or whatever it is. It may be that you don't actually end up knowing why your child is lashing out. But by having that understanding that there is always a good reason why they are, then 
you can get that greater understanding for what's going on for them as a whole. You can have that appreciation that they may not even know what's going on, but it doesn't matter in some ways. There is something going on. And by you moving in with connection and a limit, this is not to say connect and go, oh, sweetie, do whatever you like and just go for it. No, no, you move in with a limit and you list, but you move it in a way to help them with their feelings, to help release the stress rather than with a harsh... Even though you might feel you're doing it gently, it's still with a consistent response that you choose to use every time that your child does that. There's still not that flexibility, is there? There's there's not that avenue for connection, for understanding why your child is. Because sometimes you might go, well, I still understand why you did that, but that behavior is still not acceptable. Therefore, you've got to experience this. It's very different to then go, I know it's really hard. I'm still not going to let you hurt your sister but there's a warmth to it. You're still bringing the limit and stopping that behavior in the moment, but allowing for those feelings that are driving that behavior to be released, to reestablish that sense of connection with you. I hope that makes sense. I hope you can see it because we're often told that we need to be consistent with our children. And if we're going to be consistent with anything <laughs> with our children, it would be consistent in our desire to connect with our children, regardless of how they're behaving. And particularly when they're behaving at their most challenging is when they need connection with us at their most. That's the most time that they need the connection with us. So if you've got that consistency ingrained in your approach and how you, you know, it's there, try and reframe that being consistent in perhaps a sort of a harsher response or a consequence be consistent in your desire to connect. And that often requires work from us because it's, you know, those feelings trigger us and affect our behavior to our children. But just see if you can then be consistent in your desire to connect with your children rather than being consistent in, in a sort of a firm, disconnected way. The other thing is that when we don't focus on being consistent it brings, and we focus instead on, on connection, it brings that flexibility to our relationship. Because sometimes when you go out, we use a shopping uh, um, example that I brought up earlier, that sometimes you may want to give your child an ice cream and you may delight in it and it's a really lovely experience. But that doesn't mean you have to give an ice cream every time you go out. And it equally doesn't mean that you can't give ice creams anytime you go to the shopping because of fear that they're then going to expect it the next time and the next time. We want to be flexible. There's times when you want to do something when it's appropriate or when you're happy for your child to do something. And there's times when you're definitely not. And so we don't want to be afraid of saying no to our children and, you know, the, listening to the feelings that will inevitably come up or often come up, not all the time. If our children are feeling fine, then they're able to be more flexible going, OK, I don't need to have an ice cream today. I can have one another time. It provides that two way connection, that two way communication and the flexibility to respond to the situation as as appropriate, as desired in the situation. The other thing is often when we focus on being consistent when we focus on being consistent, it we can be consistently mean. <laughs> you know, it can be sometimes that we're going to be consistently mean and going, well, this is good because I'm being consistent, I'm teaching my child. But we need to be careful about what we're being consistent about. And you don't want to be consistently something 
if it's harsh and not feeling nice, you know what it feels like when you're going, mm, this doesn't feel nice. Or it might, sometimes it can feel like, yeah, I'm going to teach my child a lesson. But it's not coming from that connection space. And we, we our children need our connection. We need connection. And when we're just being harsh in our response and not caring why they're behaving that way, that increases that sense of disconnection, which will then lead to worse behavior. Now, you might argue going, well, actually, when I've been consistent about certain behavior, my child will then agree and comply and that that problem goes away. And if you have noticed that, I would invite you to then go, well, how does your child behave 5, 10, 30 minutes later? Because when we can be consistent on one thing and harsh on one thing to stop that one particular behavior, the feelings are still stuck inside of them. And then that might leak out into another type of behavior, another upsetting behavior or challenging behavior elsewhere. So just notice how your child actually does respond in those moments. And and just let's lighten up. <laughs> I think that's the ultimate thing, isn't it? Parenting doesn't have to be harsh and heavy and... Ugh, onerous. It can be fun. And that's why I love being parenting with play because we can respond to challenging situations playfully. And again, I would want to say perhaps be consistent in your play, but there's times when play isn't appropriate and you need to move in. So instead of being consistent, let's be flexible. Let's respond to actually what's going on in the situation. Let's view our children that they're trying to do the best that they can. And if they're not and when they're not doing brilliantly they need your help rather than your harshness and it's a different paradigm it's a different way of looking at children it's a different way of looking at our behavior and just try and remember that we're not training dogs here uh i am consistent in getting my dog to sit before i put the lead on i'm consistent in that but my children are not dogs um, they don't, they need to be able to think critically and they need to be able to feel connected to people and to understand how people work and to be in touch with their own emotions. And that's what we can help our children with when we remove that layer of thinking we need to be consistent. Okay. I think you get the idea. If you've got any questions, let me know. Um, and just notice your responses and notice if you're going well, I've got to respond this way. I should respond this way when my child behaves like that. Let's take the shoulds away and move in and think about how can I connect with my child right now? What's my child actually needing rather than how do I punish them or how do I teach them? What are they needing? And that changes the whole motivation in how you approach and deal with them. And then you will find your own way and your own best way of responding to those challenging situations. All right. I hope that's helpful. I hope you have a great week. And doors to annoying to amazing are open soon and if your child is struggling with separation anxiety we are at the beginning of the year whether your children are going back to school or whether they're starting school for the first time whether they're going to daycare whether you're wanting some time away from your young children so that they can be with a nanny or granny or going to daycare as I said Separation anxiety is a huge thing. I bet you remember how it is to be separated from your mum. It's really acutely painful and it can be really challenging for our children to be away from them. So I'd love to invite you to a masterclass to come where I'll give you some really tangible tools that you can use to help your children overcome separation anxiety, that to move through it, to be more confident at that point of separation and to be more confident when they're away from you. There's really good things that you can do using all of this beautiful approach. So come on over to Parenting with Play 
slash separation anxiety and you'll see all the details and come and sign up there and if separation anxiety isn't your issue at the moment but you're having some other challenges with your children then come over to annoying to amazing.com and sign up on the waitlist there and you'll find out details because doors are open very soon and I love this program it encapsulates everything that I touch on in these podcasts and we go much deeper and obviously you have the support of me and the fellow community of parents so check them out all right separation anxiety come to parentingwithplay.com.au slash separation anxiety and I will speak to you next week